Welcome to the Zero Plus One Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to the Zero Plus One Podcast. I am your host, Hayden Wade. Um, today we got a special guest, Zach Callis, with us. I'll let him introduce himself, and then we'll jump right into it. Zach, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. My name is Zach Callis. I work with Skywater Search Partners. Uh, we are the number one executive search firm in Minnesota. Um, we place full-time permanent employees with small to mid-sized organizations in the Midwest. Um, I lead the technology group. We specialize in software engineering, leadership positions, everything in between, uh, full-time permanent roles, and that is our specialty. That's awesome. Are you uh, are you still doing? Um, like active recruiting or are you more of like a strategy for your your uh, firm leading a team so leading a team is is probably uh, a quarter of the job uh, recruiting is probably three quarters of the job so okay it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely full-time recruiting we have a full desk model that means we work on the client side and on the candidate side uh, some organizations split those duties up but we do, we do everything. So, um, yeah, most of my job is recruiting. Sweet. That's good to hear yeah. that you're, you're still much in the weeds. I think that'll uh, yeah. help in this podcast for sure with some of the questions that I had in mind. Um, fun fact, Zach was my recruiter in the past. Um, I really enjoyed working with him. He valued my time and really listened to what I wanted in my new position. And uh, he hooked me up. So if you're in the Twin Cities, definitely uh, check him and his team out. Um, yeah. But for the agenda today, let me just dive into like why would a software engineer want to work with a recruiter, the job market today, and then maybe some insights for hiring managers. Um, so with that said, you know, why might a software engineer want to work with a recruiter? Like what value does a recruiter bring to the table? Yeah. So we're we're talking to software engineers and other types of technical personnel uh, on a daily basis. So I think we have a wealth of knowledge. Um, and, and it's instant knowledge, you know, it's, it's relevant knowledge that's going on today. So we're constantly talking to people. We're not software engineers, right? We're not technical backgrounds. I don't have a computer science degree, I have a business degree, but we're constantly talking to people like yourself and we listen. And when, when software engineers are looking for a new or a new role or not looking for a new role, we, we kind of know what's going on and we know what hiring managers are looking for. Um, so a wealth of knowledge, I think, is one piece. Uh, another piece would be the the market in terms of opportunities that are available. Some are posted online. Some are not posted online. Um, some are created out of thin air as we talk to someone like yourself. You know what I mean? It's it's not like we're trying to fit a, a, a square hole into a square hole. It's It's the fact that we talk to you and we think of an opportunity because of a hiring manager we spoke to once, once upon a time. So after talking to you, we think of that organization and we introduce you to, and next thing you know, that role pops up and it's a, it's a job. So uh, again, the market, whether they're open positions or not open positions. Um, thirdly, you know, salary insights, you know what I mean? It's, it's, Hey, what am I worth? I kind of know what you're worth in terms of the organization that I work with. I might not know what you're worth with organizations I don't work with, but I, I work with probably a dozen companies at a time. 
I've got 16 members that work with a dozen companies at a time. So you're talking 60 different companies that have positions for people like yourself. And I can tell you where you fit in line with your skill set and what you're worth to those organizations. So it's a lot of it's a lot going on within one conversation that I can add value to. Um, that being said, there are times where it makes more sense for you to go after an opportunity on your own. Um, so I'm not always the best option, but again, I'm a sounding board. So in any case, I'm, I'm worth a conversation. Um, I, you, you might not end up getting placed by me, but what's 30 minutes out of your day to learn a little bit about the market, learn a little bit about sure. salaries, learn a little bit about technologies that might be relevant in your space, things like that. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things I noticed um, was just like, you you kind of do that matchmaking. You you have clients in mind, you know, my needs and wants, and then you kind of just marry those together if there's a good fit um, somewhere. And then I think, you know, the compensation insights is is huge. Understanding your values, a huge thing um, when you're looking for a new job, um, considering leaving your current job, things like that. Um, you mentioned, you know, there's some cases where it might be better to just pursue a job on your own. Like what what are some of those cases you find that that's a better option? Yeah, I mean, especially when when you're maybe a well-networked person yourself, you don't need me to go find a job. You know, again, I might be that sounding board, but you can go find a job on your own when when you know people, when you're, hey, my former manager works here. I mean, clearly that's that's an opportunity for you to go connect and and work with people that you've already worked with in the past or companies you're super passionate about, right? I want to go work for XYZ company because they do incredible things and I love those incredible things. Go apply for the job, but be aggressive about it and and try to get in, not just with an application, but connecting with people and um, you know sending reach outs to, to people that might work at that organization to try and get in more aggressively. You know, it takes effort and and I'm maybe the more effortless option, right? You know, I, yeah. I, I reach yeah. out to you. I get you through the process. I help negotiate. I do all those things on my end. But on your end, if you want to go through that process on your own with a company that you're really passionate about, go for it. So it, it's it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. It's it's either you can do it or, or I can help you do it. And it's, uh, sure. yeah, they both work, but yeah. they both are work. Do you uh, job is there, do that work, I suppose. Right, right. Is there a particular type of candidate you like to work with? I mean, I like working with smart people. You were a lot of fun to work with. <laughs> um, Thanks. I like working with, with energetic and I mean, it's, it's probably no different than most businesses, energetic, positive people. Um, I like working with responsive people. I think you could probably say that about recruiters as well you know uh, i think we get a bad rap for for sometimes not being responsive or um that's probably the, the biggest thing you know getting ghosted after an interview or something like that i like working with engineers that that want to follow up good or bad or indifferent you know it's like i, sure. I want to tell you about how this went because i can offer some insight and and i want to help you so responsive people is probably uh up there with with positive energetic smart things like that okay what is 
kind of like change the topic here. Like, what is the biggest reason you don't think candidates succeed? It, yeah, I mean, I think the easy number one is is you're not a fit for the job. You know, candidates don't okay. succeed because because they're not quite a fit. But in terms of maybe more broadly, why they might not succeed? Yeah, I think it's it's enthusiasm. It's asking questions. Um, it's treating the opportunity like, um, like it's something you want. People, people come out of interviews and often, not often, but a, a big reason, maybe one of the top reasons would be they, they didn't seem like they wanted the job. They, they didn't seem like they were excited to be there. They didn't seem right, like they right. were happy to talk to me. And I think there's, there's maybe some sense of, um, you know, I'm, I'm a software engineer. I'm high in demand and I don't need this opportunity. And that's totally true. You know, that's the worst part. You know, they're (laughs) like, man, why don't they want my job? And and they're like, well, there's, they have a hundred other jobs maybe they could go get. So, so it's some companies maybe have their, their nose up saying everyone should want our job. Well, no, that's not the case. And then some software engineers say, everyone wants me. Well, no, that's right, not the case right. either. So I think some people have to go through that experience enough and understand, okay, I, I need to be pleasant. I need to be, I need to be excited. And maybe yeah. it, it happens when you're really excited about the job and that's the only time. But um, yeah, I get out of a, a debrief call and the client says they were not excited to be here. And the, the candidate talks to me and says, I'm so excited about this job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this is, That's crazy. How did I get this feedback? Like this, that was not the case at all. So yeah, I don't know. It could be part of the game of, of perhaps a, a misnomer at times for software engineers that maybe they, they don't have the most energy and positivity and they're not the most talkative and inquisitive and things like that. So yeah. Um, I think that's always a good thing, especially when you're excited about a job, asking questions, things like that really shows your interest. How can companies make their, you know, their positions more, I don't know, flashy or more desirable? You know, you mentioned candidates come out of it. Oh, I'm just not really feeling too good. Like or happy about the position. Um, so like, is that something like, the interview process that companies have, does that kind of dictate the the feelings of the candidates that come out of that? Or is it really just, you know, maybe it's compensation or um, just maybe just a, a bland culture or product. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any insights there? Good, good question. Um, I think, I think at times it might just be a person to person sort of deal you know, the person interviewing um, maybe isn't the most exciting person in the world. They, they might have the most amazing product or, or service or what have you, but they're not really bringing out any enthusiasm in that interviewee. Um, so blame that on the company, right? That, that could be a culture issue. That could be a personal issue, whatever it is. Um, clients need to understand we're interviewing them candidates need to understand we're interviewing the company and vice versa and everything in between. We're all interviewing each other here. How can we get someone excited? So, right. um, yeah, it's a two way street. Absolutely. 
I think um, making positions more flashy. Um, yeah, it, it's compensation wouldn't be a piece in that case, in my opinion. I typically make sure a candidate understands if they're if they're within range, but I don't think a candidate necessarily knows exactly what the offer is going to be while they're interviewing, right. right? Right. So, you know, benefits that that doesn't really come up until the eleventh hour. Honestly, it's usually like, hey, the benefits are a complete package, whatever that might look like. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but no, I would say compensation benefits. That's not necessarily a factor in that case. Um, perhaps hybrid versus remote versus on site you know that's kind of the hottest thing these days is is flexibility so okay. that could be a piece of it but again that can usually be a a stopping point even before the process gets started so um yeah i think it's it's maybe the the product the organization kind of what they do more broadly maybe what they saw online um website wise or linkedin you know it, it could be those things and and perhaps there's just not a lot of energy coming out of that person in the first place. You know, they're, they're more of a, a person that likes to put their head down and, and write code. I, I don't know. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to know how to, how to get a rise out of someone. And that's part of my job too, is what does get you excited. And I hope to find that sort of match, but yeah, that's a really good question. I think uh, it's, it's different for every person for sure. Sure. So I guess if you had to give, hiring managers or your clients advice to like who are struggling to find good talent like what might you would you tell them anything or just say hey keep doing what you're doing or would you say hey maybe consider like if they're doing every requiring everybody come to the office would you say hey maybe consider a hybrid approach yeah, like, yeah. what's that kind of look like yeah i think i mean first and foremost i think a hybrid approach is the best option um and and hybrid could mean once once a week. It could mean once every two weeks. It could be once a quarter. Sure. It could be varying amounts of hybrid. Um, but I think the the option to see someone face to face, I think, is a good thing. And that's what I get most from candidates that okay, I want to work remotely, um, but I want to have the ability to go on site. Um, most of our clients say we want someone to come on site several days yeah. a week, yeah. <laughs> but we can allow them to work remotely. It's, there's kind of a, a different, there's a, a little bit of a gap between what clients want and what candidates want these days. Um, and, and you work through that. Uh, but I would say ultimately, yeah, having, having options is a good thing. And, and for clients, you know, it's, it's really dependent on their business too. You know, I, I work with, med device companies, you kind of need to be on site. You kind of need to be around the device to sure. to work with your team members and maybe something uh, more remote is is more SaaS and regard I mean there's there's different situations for different things. There's different um you know candidate situations. Uh, again, you kind of work through it case by case. It's it's really tough to put a blanket over everything in that case. Sure. Um yeah. So I think this is like a good transition into what are you seeing in the job market? Are you seeing a lot of companies going full remote positions now? Um, or what's that look like? Yeah. So we're mainly working with Minnesota-based organizations. Okay. Um, we've got probably 62 different roles that we're working on right now, um, which, is, which is normal. 
Um, it's probably an average number as of the last few years. I would say of those 60-ish positions we're working on, 75% are probably fully remote um, or allowed to be fully remote. And then you've got maybe more on the leadership side requires uh, an on-site presence more often than not. Sure. Um, you've got, again, the med device and, and maybe even some manufacturing that, that might require more on-site. And even that is probably three days a week. Um, and then maybe five or six positions that are five days on site. So that's probably the, the, the cut of, of what we see right now is, okay. is you've got the five roles that are full on site. Yeah. They're extremely difficult to fill. Um, and, and mainly those roles are you're recruiting candidates that are already five days on site and they're going to another job that's five days on site. You, know, okay. you, you got to look at commutes. You got to look right. at it's a, it's a much different search, but the candidate probably isn't totally thrown off by being on site that much. Um, the leadership roles, they, they typically understand, Hey, I, I understand. I, I need to work with, um, other leaders on site. We're in the, we're in the, whatever, uh, conference room together several times a week, stuff like that. So, um, I also have leadership roles that are fully remote. So that's, that can go both ways as well, but okay. yeah. A lot, of, a lot is fully remote or fully remote with the let's get together once, once, a, once every couple of weeks type thing at our office in the Twin Cities type deal. Okay. So it's definitely trending towards more remote, um, come in maybe once a month, once a quarter, things like that. Is there any other trends you're, you're seeing kind of in the job market? Yeah. Um, I would say trends have been maybe hiring more broadly. Um, and what I mean by that is, Hey, we're looking for a, a full stack .NET developer. Um, we used to want react experience. We're open to any modern JavaScript experience now, you know? We're looking for um, Azure background. Okay, we're we're maybe open to any public cloud background. You know, it, it's it's more okay. broadly hiring, maybe maybe hiring for problem solvers and smart people. Um, I really root for that because it opens up my, right. my candidate pool. Yeah, you know? and and it's fun to recruit candidates that are are smart problem solvers versus. Let's check every box on this position. Let's make sure they have X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and one, two, three. Right, right. It's it's so exhausting, and hiring leaders know it's exhausting too because they're they're trying as well. So, um, the trend maybe is that more broad hiring, more um, not specific skill set, but more broad um, problem solvers and and smart people. So, sure, that's probably a trend, and that's I think totally indicative of we can't find enough people for this job right we don't have yeah. enough people out there we got to just find someone smart and we'll train them up we'll get them going so that's that's definitely a trend that i've seen um i, I think another trend is perhaps you know everything's kind of candidate driven so so almost catering even the interview process to a candidate you know hey what works for the candidate 
how can we how can we keep them excited and maintain their interest in this role? Should we do an on-site interview? Should we do virtual interviews? You know, they're, they're kind of asking for our advice. And sure. my recommendation is always let's not like write it in stone. You know, let's let's talk about this on a case by case basis. I think for this candidate, we should interview them this way and we should test them this way and and try to maintain their interest that way. And sure. it's more of a case by case and crafted approach versus let's do this is how we've always done it. We've been doing it for 50 yeah. years. And it's like, no, you, we have to stop that. We got to be more meticulous with our search process and with our interview process and you know the way we land candidates it, it just needs to be um more of a white glove approach i guess yeah you definitely have to adapt and it's funny you mentioned you know hiring more broadly because like i guess now thinking back on the jobs i applied for in the midwest i always thought like okay they're always looking for specific technologies and interviewing like very specific technologies but then like when you would look at big tech they didn't they didn't care what technologies they just cared you had some experience exactly um so it, it's good to see that companies are kind of changing that because i honestly think that's a better way to hire is yeah okay hire engineers that are good you know that they can they're good at learning and you know they have experience in these domains and the, you know the patterns and everything just transfer for sure and you make a big a good point there Maybe maybe you didn't mean to make it, but big tech, right? Hire smart engineers. That makes total sense. They have the time, the resources, the energy, the the personnel to to get someone smart going. But when we work sure. with a fifty person shop, you know, one hundred and fifty people at this company with uh, six engineers, can we afford to to hire one person that's smart but takes five months to get going no we sure. we need to we need to find someone that's an exact fit so i think there is there there's different ways of doing it for different companies but you know you hope you're finding a long-term fit you feel a lot better about investing your time and resources into training someone up and getting them going um yeah. some companies i mean even today they're just not simply going to be able to do that and, and hire smart versus hiring a spot-on fit they, they don't have that time or resource or uh, anything else to to hire smart versus hiring an exact fit that maybe isn't as smart and and that's just the way I think it'll always be that way but um, and, and that's why they work with us too right they they need that exact fit they're willing right. to to spend the extra money with a recruiter to to find that perfect fit um, so it goes you know that's I think that's just the the nature of the game right right I would definitely agree like you definitely need to you know. If you have a specialized role, you need to find somebody with that exact fit. Um, yeah, makes total sense. Um, yeah, what about like job openings or positions? Like, have you seen that slow down in the last, you know, three to six months? What's that kind of looked like over, you know, you know, the market was super hot. Like, yeah. is it still hot? What's that look like? I'm sure you have yeah, kind of insight. Yeah, so I've been doing this for eight years now. Um, I would say the last 18 months, probably the hottest I've ever seen in terms okay. of strength of market. Um, in a smaller bubble, now would be slower than six months ago. Okay. Slower, but strong. Very, very strong. Okay. Um, 
So, so I would say, and what I mean by slower, I almost mean there's still a lot of openings and there's still new openings and there's still a lot going on, but it's almost as if, um, hiring managers perhaps have gotten a little pickier, um, process has perhaps gotten a little bit more drawn out. And sometimes that can be for a number of reasons, but, you know, six months ago, it, it was, it, it was the hottest for sure I've ever seen, but right now is the second hottest I've for sure, sure ever seen. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay, extremely okay. hot and it's, it's one B right now. Um, still a lot of confidence in the market, still a lot of, uh, needs in the market. And part of me thinks we're still kind of catching up from 2020 almost, you know, like in July of 2020, like people couldn't find anyone and, and the sure. market was starting to pick back up and business was booming for a lot of spaces. And next thing you know, you can't find anyone and there's more openings than there's ever been. They're, they're still catching up from that. So they, they still have openings that they're trying to get up to and, and still have releases that they're trying to hit that everything's been pushed back. I mean, supply chain, everything's just been behind schedule. So I think we're behind schedule on hiring and it's a strong market and we're behind schedule. Even if it's a little bit slower, we're behind schedule. So hiring companies still need to know they need to hire and things of that nature. So yeah, thumbs up. Uh, if not two thumbs up, it's, it's one and three quarters thumbs up right now. So, um, that's good to hear. Yeah, a lot of openings, like I said, and, and yeah, perhaps a little bit pickier than, than it was six months ago, but okay. nothing, to, nothing to get worried about in my opinion. I mean, business is still going very well. Yeah. That's kind of what I've seen too, is like my emails are still coming just as, just as many as I normally get. Yeah. Um, if not more, uh, and then that's even like despite me seeing layoffs in companies. I think even the people I've seen get laid off, like they're finding jobs super easy. So people yeah. are picking up good talent other places. So yeah, I think it's a big deal. How many how many emails do you get on a on a I don't know weekly basis? I guess uh, I probably get three to five daily. Okay, and then yeah. emails. I get a bunch of emails too. Most of them I I, I don't go through. They just go straight to trash. Yeah, there's just Fun. too much going I mean, on. Recruiters, we're we're relentless. You know, it's yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, is there any like technologies you're seeing trending right now, or like what what tech should software engineers learn right now if they want to be the most marketable? Yeah, um, React on the JavaScript side seems to be number one. Um, User facing, no JS server side still seems to be very hot. Um, I would historically say the Twin Cities are a Microsoft, is a Microsoft town, so .NET Core is is pretty hot and kind of has been for a while. Sure. Um, I would say anything cloud related is extremely hot. You know, again, Azure probably tied with AWS in terms of marketability, okay. you know, in terms of the Twin Cities, again, more broadly, uh, I, I can't speak to the, the entire country, but that's Twin Cities related. Um, 
automation is extremely hot. You know, everyone wants to to have an automated testing system and not everyone is there, you know, very few are there, but Hey, let's, let's get it. Let's, let's automate this. Let's, let's test it this way. And, and let's go this direction, you know, Cypress and Selenium and a lot of the modern tools from an automation perspective are, are extremely hot. Um, what else? Salesforce, you know, okay. some of the, some, something is outside of, of pure software development. Um, Everyone seems to be overhauling their ERP systems these days. You know, there, there's a lot going on outside of, of development. But yeah, again, .NET, I would say Java is probably behind .NET in terms of the Twin Cities. And again, smaller to mid-sized organizations, mainly working with .NET or open source. Uh, seeing a lot less Ruby on Rails, seeing a lot more Python uh, data related. Okay. Okay. You know, a lot of the modern data tools, DBT, Domo um things like that have have been pretty hot but still I, I think the number one word we hear in in our office is probably react that's just okay you know it, it, yeah. it was angular like a year and a half ago or two years ago and and it was probably like that two years before in california you know sure, like we're, sure. we're like a hair behind that so yeah um, yeah it seems like react and then angular and view is actually popping up uh quite a bit more these days as well so view and angular are maybe battling for that two spot but react is kind of that number one okay but yeah yeah i, I would say some of those things are, are extremely um talked about wanted maybe we're not there yet but we're going that direction type of stuff Sure, sure. Yeah. What about job titles? Like, is there any, what job titles are hot? Like, is data engineering hotter than software engineering right now? Or, you know, what are you kind of seeing there? Um, software engineer is, is and has yeah. always been the number one title, okay. right? Okay. Like, it's, you've got, you've got everything else after software engineer. Um, data engineer, you know, a lot of people are getting into like power BI and some more advanced, um, pipelining and stuff like that. But software engineer is the jam. That's, that's it. Okay. That's number one. Um, perhaps like DevOps engineer, sure. site reliability engineer, you know, some, some things along those lines, data engineer, sure. Uh, a lot of people will say it's a data engineer, but really it's like an ETL developer or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, it's still software engineer. Um, that would be far and away number one. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, a lot more product owners, a lot more scrum masters. You know, a lot more of the the, the full agile team roles right. are coming out because again, companies are still trying to be more and more agile and it haven't gotten there yet. So they, they still want to get in that direction. Um, yeah. A lot more product management perhaps, but okay, development is, you know, there's, there's a lot more development than there is QA, right? There's a lot more development sure. than there is on your infrastructure team. And it, it's, it's just, you need more horsepower in that department. So um, popularity wise, it's, it's definitely there. Okay. Um, let's see. Is there, I don't want to ask all the questions. Like, do you have any questions, you know, 
that I can answer that might, you know, help you and what you do day to day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you get what three to five emails a day plus yeah. plus emails. <laughs> how, how do I how do I stick out? How do I get your attention? And, and I can get your attention because we know each other, right? But yeah. and I, I've got relationships with a whole bunch of people. How do I get how do I get someone's attention that I've never talked to before? I've never reached out to. Um, as a recruiter, we talk relentlessly about how to get people's attention. That's that's sure. our whole thing. I yeah. think we do an okay job at at giving you the right story and the right opportunity and and talking you through the process and things like that. But man, getting someone's attention on the front end is the toughest thing in our business. Um, is it a subject line? Is it a short message? Is it a long message? You know, we're, we look at open rates and yeah. um, email success and stuff like that. Tell me about how I get your attention. I would say like the first thing is making sure you get my name right. Like that's the obvious one. Yeah. A lot of people use templates, script names, copy, paste, whatever. It's like, okay, put in a little effort there. And then, you know, um, I think also just like adding in a personal detail, showing that you like dug a little deeper into somebody's life. So like I have a personal website. Um, I tend to at least respond to people who have actually gone in and like made a connection. Hey, I'm from the Midwest too. Um, I enjoy wakeboarding just like you. I've checked out some of your YouTube videos, cool stuff. It's like, okay, like this guy actually put some work in um, to like learn about who I am. And so like whether or not I'm interested, I'll probably reply to that. Um, but for the most part, like I'm definitely looking for, you know, kind of like a high level responsibilities of the position and then a salary range is always um, super key. Unless like, you know, I'm just super attracted to the position, then, you know, I'll entertain it. So salary range, that's that's something we always toy with, right? Like we don't right. know if, if to put that in there, if not to put that in there. Um, oftentimes these days, someone will respond to us and just say, what's the salary range? Yep. We hate that as recruiters, right? <laughs> and, and, and you guys know that too. So it's like, a, it's we're both battling with that because right. we don't want to tell you the salary range, not because not because it's, it's a secret necessarily. Um, we, we don't know we don't know if you'll get the job at the high end of the salary range. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping you get is the job. You know what I mean? Right. Right. We don't want to say this job is 120 to 150 and you, and you say, great, 150 sounds awesome. And you interview and they're like, yeah, we, we really like this guy. He's, he's a 120 guy for us. And we talked about 150 before we even sure. talked, you know, you've already got this number in your mind. So would you have taken the job if it was 130? Yeah. Okay, great. Like why didn't we why didn't we have a little bit more broad understanding of of how this works? We're we're, we're rooting for you guys. You know what I mean? Like we we want you to get the highest offer possible, but we also want you to get the job and we also want our client to be where we want everyone to win. And the difference between 120, 130, 140 it's not, it's not a crazy financial difference for us. Like it truly isn't. So sure. some companies think it is, it's not. Some engineers think it is, it's not. Um, we want you to get the job. And if we tell you that range on the front end, we struggle with that because we don't want you to put that number in your mind. Oh, crazy 150. I'm making 110 right now. That's an awesome increase. 
you're making 110, maybe because you're worth 110 and, and your next job, you're going to be worth 125. All right, sure. let's just talk through it versus um, telling you that on the front end. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, do, do you show your cards, right? Do you show your cards and say, right, yeah, right. Okay, 10 to 150, you know, from time to time, we do, we do let you know um, what the range is. And if you ask straight up, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, but I will walk you through kind of how I'm feeling about the range and how I feel your skill set aligns. Sure. I talked to someone yesterday. He was, he was targeting uh, a salary range. And I said, I can't present you to my client. You're, you're not worth that to my client. You might be worth that elsewhere, but right. I, I have an, I have a standard to uphold. I know what this person wants. I've done a lot of work with them for this role. You're not worth that salary range. And I won't present you to them. Right. moving on and and it was a respectful goodbye but um yeah that salary range it's it's a touchy subject and and not because we're trying to be secretive not be not because we don't you know trust you or anything like that it's yeah it's just it's a two-way street on salary and and yeah sometimes you say what's the salary range and we don't respond um you're gone, you know, you're, you're right, off to the distance, right. forget you recruiter. I'm out of here. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, you yeah. were worth it to them. I just didn't want to share it on the front whatever it was. Um, it, it's yeah, that's a, that's, I think that's a battle and, and something we'll always deal with, but putting the salary range in the in mail or not putting it in there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a coin flip whether we do or not, or we'll respond to that question if, if we know it. Right. It's, it's like you got to set expectations. And then I guess from my perspective, the reason I like salary ranges is I kind of know what I'm worth. So like, I don't even want to waste my time on stuff that's not even close. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Right. And, and it's, it's fun when someone straight up says to me, like, if I didn't even put the salary range in there, Hey, I need to be at X. And it's like, Good to know. That's, right. that's super helpful. Um, at the second token, we have 63 jobs we're working on. This job might not be the fit. We've got another job probably in the wings that could be a better fit. So oftentimes, I don't even place the person in the job I'm sending them a message on. I talk to them. I learn about them. I understand who they are. Actually, I'm interested in the X, Y, and Z. Wow, we work with that sort of company. Right. Would you want to hear about a role like that? Sure, let's talk more about that opportunity. Um, additionally, I've got relationships with hiring managers that there might not even be an open role. You know, it's it's kind of a hidden job market that I talk to you and say, "Wow, I've got the company. I've got the job that doesn't even exist yet." Um, yeah. I need to introduce you to this person because I think you and this person would get along very, very well. And, and they're always open to strong talent. Perfect. Make an intro. Next thing you know, um, they're working together and, and the job didn't exist. And it's, that's, that's the most fun when you connect people that uh, right. you just, you just have a really strong feeling and intuition about and, and they start working together. It's, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, that's awesome. you make a good point about salary, right? It's let's let's not waste each other's time. You're not taking a step back, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. early in, in someone's career that's been doing this less than less than 20 years. Probably you're not taking a step back uh, and, unless I don't know the benefits or the bonus or the equity 
you know, there could be a lot of reasons that it might make sense, but salary wise, it's a really tough thing to take a step back. And right. uh, it's, it's, it's probably not going to work. So let's, let's find opportunities that it will work for. Are you seeing companies in the twin cities struggle competing with comp right now? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's really shaking things up. Um, the, the COVID era of remote workforce, you know, remote, it makes the, the whole country uh, a candidate, you know, right, and, right. and we're still working with, with companies that are in Minnesota historically that want candidates in Minnesota, whether or not they're remote, they might be remote, but again, once every two weeks we, we do a all hands or once a, once a quarter, we want this person to come in. They live in yeah. Utah. They're not going to come in. So we need a yeah. candidate in Minnesota. And when, when every other company outside of the twin cities, you know, on the coast mainly that can hire you, you guys, you've got wild salary ranges that you're competing with. Right. It pumps the market up here locally because <laughs> otherwise you're not going to hire anyone. So yeah. um, absolutely struggling um, to catch up at times. Some companies won't catch up because they financially can't catch up. So um, their business struggles because of it. But yeah, salaries have absolutely inflated uh, in the last two and a half years. And it's it's been a challenge. So um, sure. you, you try to find some other ways to compensate people if you can't hit up the, if you can't pump up the salary number, but uh, that's a challenge. It's, I mean, plain and simple, it's a challenge. Yeah. 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 Um, what else? Any questions? What, did you have any other questions for me? Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say? I mean, when you talk about salary, when you talk about um, flexibility, when you talk about technologies, like how do you rank these things? And I, I have to think everyone's different, right? But I know you've got a circle of, of colleagues, colleagues, former colleagues, friends that are software engineers and other technical people. What's, what's important to you guys and what should we focus on as recruiters? Again, to get your attention is, is kind of the, the right. key, but um, what are those things and, and ranking order and um and how so yeah i would say probably comps number one i would say probably base salary then equity um sign-up bonus is always good um and then i think a big thing too is like pto for me is like close second okay um like unlimited pto i feel like once i've gone there like i can't really go back so <laughs> to some extent like some people don't utilize it i i use it yeah, I've I've been to a few HR forums um, that have spoken on that topic of unlimited PTO. Um, have you, in your experience or or through the people you know, is unlimited PTO uh, desirable? Is it um, not interesting because it's there's no value to it? Can can you take unlimited PTO? Right, things like that. Yeah, How do you feel about that. <laughs> um I, I would say like my my friend group you know we're all SEs um or data engineers and i would say for the most part like they like the unlimited pto because then they don't really have to think hey can i go on this vacation like we do a lot of trips together to work remotely in different places so 
like every February, for example, we go to Colorado, get an Airbnb in the mountains and like work. So like if a powder day comes up, like we're just, we all want to just go hit the mountain, but like yeah. if people can't take the time off because um, they're saving it for Christmas or, you know, other holidays, um, that's definitely a challenge for them. So it's, 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 it's that freedom, that option, that flexibility. And then to come back to your question about, you know, is it truly unlimited? Um, I haven't had any problems with it, but I also don't think I abuse it. Um, I definitely get my work done, things like that. Um, set, set expectations with my manager, things like that. Um, to really, you know, make sure we're all on the same page of, you know, how many days I can take off, stuff like that. And I think that's the sign of a good culture that, I mean, you don't abuse it, great. But at the same token, you probably don't feel... Um, guilty about taking time off you know if you're getting your work done i think that's right. clearly the most important thing yeah. uh, at some organizations maybe more legacy organizations uh it's a different mindset it's a different culture you've got unlimited pto but you can't take any time off <laughs> you know right, it's, right it's it's a it's kind of a interesting dynamic and i think some people that have experienced unlimited pto um, when I say unlimited PTO about a new organization, they say, no way, I'm not doing that again. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is, it's a true unlimited PTO. I promise like these people <laughs> take time off and yeah. they have no idea because they're, they're jaded from their ex experience at their former organizations about what that means. Um, and the same, I mean, same topic goes with equity, right? You said equity was number two. I have. I have some startup organizations that have been around for 30 years and yeah. they offer equity. They're not adding any value to that equity. It means nothing. Uh, they will never right. sell their private organization. That equity means $0. So, right. you know, it's, 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 there's an understanding that, Hey, equity might mean one thing or another. Unlimited PTO might mean one thing or another. Um, I think it's important for software engineers to ask those questions, you know, be, yeah, be honest sure. and open with, with the recruiter that you're working with or a hiring manager or an HR professional. What does this mean? In my experience, I know it can mean multiple things. How do you feel about this? And what do you think it means? And what is the culture around this? They, they're typically going to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? You, you ask yep. them straight, yep. they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to give you some insight. Um, and if that's an important piece to you, an important part of the total package, you got to ask about it. You know, yeah. I'll tell you unlimited PTO. And if you don't want to know any more about that, I won't tell you <laughs> any more about that. I'm just going to tell you it's unlimited PTO. So, you know, what's, yeah. what's normal, what's typical of unlimited PTO. And, um, at this organi organization might be this, at this, it might be that. So, um, yeah, good to be, to, to be diving deeper and peeling back that onion to really understand what some of these things mean. but. Yeah, I mean, to hear you say those things, I, I know you've worked for some great organizations and uh, and what those things mean. So, um, yeah, it, it's I think everyone's had different experiences in that sense. But um, yeah, I think it's yeah, definitely very, like picking the time when to take PTO. Probably don't take it like when you're supposed to have a product, like a feature launch. Yeah. Like that's not a good idea. Exactly. Wait till after <laughs> and then take some time. Or yeah. you know, I also think from a you know a company perspective, HR perspective, like. I know a lot of people who offer unlimited PTO and employees just don't take it. They'd probably yeah. take less days than they would if they were allocated 
you know, 25 days, 21 days, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a culture thing. Um, and, and perhaps people don't feel confident to take time off or, um, they feel like it's the wrong thing to do. It's, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of examples out there for sure. Cool. Um, what, what else, what else can, I mean, I'm always looking to be a better recruiter, right? What, what do you think are the, I mean, maybe not the advantages or disadvantages of working with a recruiter, but why, why would you work with a recruiter versus not work with a recruiter? Sure. Um, my biggest thing is like finding a job can be stressful. There's abundance of, you know, openings, positions. So having somebody who can vet those for me is, is definitely valuable. Um, uh, just making sure I don't waste my time. Uh, only looking at jobs that I'm interested in, uh, you know, that fit my comp, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, somebody who can manage setting up interviews, whatever that might look like, have one place to go. So I'm not having to give out my availability to 10 different people. It'd be nice to give it to one of them. They can set up interviews, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think just reducing the friction, reducing the stress, um, just making it an easy process to go through. How can, how could, how can I be, how can anyone be a better partner for a software engineer, right? How can, how can we be better as a, grouping of recruiters right what what can we yeah. be better about is it is it adding salary to our our messages is that a, a a starting point i think i think a big thing is just i feel like there's a sense of oh recruiters are just trying to pinch pinch some money out of you so you're not going to get what you really deserve um sure so it's like maybe a better position for recruiters is help candidates understand their value in the current market so whether that's, yeah. you know, you, I know your, your firm comes out with salary insights every year. I, I definitely check those out. Um, I think that that's, that's a good way to do it, but you know, having that on, you know, your first call, like, Hey, do you know what your value is currently in this market? What do you think you're currently valued at? I think that might be a, um, a good conversation to have and be really yeah. helpful because you might find a candidate. I know a lot of friends who are like way underpaid for what they're doing. And they just didn't know any better. So like, if you were like, Hey man, like you got the skills. Um, I think I can get you a lot more money than I think, you know, in turn, that's just going to work out in your favor too. Yeah, totally. And I think, I, I think the, there is a clear definition of, of recruiter and what we do, right. We are recruiters because we recruit candidates for our clients. We are not um, candidate placers, um, right? We we do work for our clients, and I think a lot of the bad raps we get are because that is truly our role. We recruit candidates for our clients. The client pays us. Um, we work for the client. That's that's our number one responsibility is the client. And sometimes candidates get frustrated with us because of again, non-responsiveness. I, I don't, I don't agree with, I don't deal with that. That's, that's not my game, but sure. um, you know, if that happens because a, a recruiter says, 
all right, you didn't get that job. I got to move on to someone else that's going to get that job. And, and that's simply what it is. And right. uh, unfortunately, that's, I mean, I don't agree. That's not the way you treat people. There's still people on the other end of that line. So yeah. that's, that's often what it is. And I think telling someone about their value, very challenging for a business major. Um, it's, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a computer science background. I've sure. spoken to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of software engineers. So I can give you a broad scope of where I think you would land on paper. Um, but I can't interview you the same way another computer science major hiring manager will interview you. Um, I can't put you through that that same testing and, and rigorous interview process that the company will do. Sure. So I can probably give you a broad range because of um just the standard and and what I typically see. And and again, I I do that regularly. You know, a lot of people want to say, what am I worth? And stick a rubber stamp on my forehead (laughs) with a dollar amount. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's it's super challenging. So I'll I'll try to be very broad with that and, and let them know. I, I think you would land here on paper. Again, I had someone ask me two days ago, what am I worth? And I tried to walk them through how I looked at their resume and um, the skills that they had and, and the companies they've worked for. And I was like, you're probably making this. And in your next job, if you worked for this sort of organization, you could probably make that. And sure. they disagreed. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I was like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I wish you well. You know, I'll check their, their update in a few months when they get a new job. And I'll know what they're making there, too. And it's probably going to be in line with what I told them. But, you know, it's it's really challenging to to tell someone what they're worth. And it's they disagree with it because it's maybe low. I don't know. It's it's a challenge. Right, right. But, yeah. But uh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I do uh, want to be cognizant of your. Sorry, what was that? No, nothing. I just want to be cognizant of your time. We're coming up on like an hour. Um, so yeah. I just want to like I feel like we could go out all day. We got good stuff to chat about. Yeah, we should, we should no, definitely I'm do this good. more often, regardless yeah. of the, the podcast. <laughs> definitely the Hayden and Zach podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. No, this is this has been good stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you asking me to be on the show and, and carving out time. But um, I agree. I, I'd love to chat with you more, and um, you know, that, that's it's my job. I, I do this. Um, many many hours in a given week and it's uh the the biggest thing for us is getting people's attention because we again we've got 60 plus opportunities that we work on at any given time and the the thing about skywater we we are even financially um encouraged to share profiles so i might be working on a dozen jobs but I've got six other people that work on a dozen jobs too. And I want to share your background. I don't want to hoard your background when I talk to you and, and wow, I'm really excited about you. I got to, I got to hide you and I got to, I got to place you at my client. No, I, I instantly, after a conversation, share your name with six other people and theoretically 60 other opportunities that could be a good fit for you. So, yeah. um, you know, we're encouraged to do that. And, and it's not like that at every recruiting company, you know, the way they're right, set up right. a little bit differently. So I think um, that's a good approach. I noticed that when I was working with you, it was like, oh yeah, um, you know, I'll have my team 
look out for these types of positions. And I was like, yeah. this is great. Like I got a team behind me. I don't have one person. Exactly. And, and a lot of crew, recruiters out there, they're, they're doing it in their, in their garage, in their underwear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just sitting behind a computer. <laughs> we, we've been doing this. Our, our organization's been around for a long time. And I mean, I've been, again, I've been doing it for eight years. I've got colleagues that have been doing it for nine, 10, 15 years. Like this isn't, this isn't like, Hey, we're, we're trying out recruiting for a year. You know, you see a lot right. of people that try it. It's a hard job. And if it doesn't work out, you go off and do something else. But we don't really have that sort of turnover at a lot of, like a lot of recruiting companies do. So um, it, it, I think we've got a great approach. I think that's part of it is, is a team. You know, we feel like we have a team yep. and our candidates feel the team effect too. I get off the phone. I'm going to say, based on your skill set, you're going to see a few messages here shortly. And within an hour, they've got seven emails in their inbox for jobs that are within their comp range, sure. uh, local to who they to to where they live, uh, technologies that are aligning with what they told me. You know, it's not eight different jobs that are off the beaten path. It's like no, these are jobs that are totally legit for who you are and what you do, and and that's I think really cool. Um, I have seen it where sometimes a candidate is passive. Um, and most candidates are seemingly passive, right? They're only open to that right role. So they they tell me I'm I'm only open to that right job, and we send them like seven emails, and they're like, ah, I don't want a new job. I'm good. <laughs> Shut me yeah. down. You know what I mean? And it's like we scared them off, and it's like, oh, yeah, we're so excited. <laughs> but that's uh, that happens. So yeah, no. I, again, I'm I'm very proud to work for Skywater. I think we do it the right way. Um, I think we're, we're a, a fair and honest organization. We've, we've got integrity and, um, you know, it, it can be at times kind of a slimy business, um, sure. at least on the outside, but when you understand what the whys, uh, it, it makes sense of, of the things we do and we're never in a business to, um, do anyone wrong. We, we want everyone to win, you know, we're not trying to inflate fees. We're not trying to, yeah. um, pump the tires. It, it really like makes such a small difference. Um, so it's, it's really not about that. And you, you find, you know, I think something like 72% of our business is repeat business. Okay. So it's, I mean, people want to work with us again after they've worked right, with us right. once. And, and it's like, yeah. okay, like you do it the right way. Of course, people are going to want to work with you again. So um, we're in it for the long game. You know, we're, this is, we're not a, but we're not a pop-up tent recruiting company. So um, yeah, do it the right way. I think is, is always a good, the right thing. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody listening to this, like where, where should they come get in touch with you guys? If they want to work with um, you or your team at Skywater. Absolutely. Um, so find me on LinkedIn, uh, Zach Callis, Dallas with a K. Um, but skywatersearch.com, uh, you can see all the recruiters that we have at Skywater. We've got uh, about 50 and across disciplines too. So we've got seven in IT, uh, but we've also got operations, accounting and finance, sales, HR, legal, construction, financial services, consumer packaged goods. We, we do it all uh, in terms of salaried positions, full-time permanent roles, small to mid-sized organizations up to call it 5,000. Uh, we have some companies that are larger than that, some that are smaller than 50. So 
we cover a lot of the ground. Again, Minnesota is our focus. Uh, we do have an accounting and finance practice in Chicago as well. So we're, we're kind of growing to more of a regional approach, but skywatersearch.com, follow us on LinkedIn, um, check our, our job openings out. Uh, hiring managers, absolutely reach out to us for, uh, for, you know, we're kind of that one-stop shop in terms of, um, sure, you need IT help. We can do that. But you want to work with us on multiple disciplines, multiple opportunities between mid-level contributor up to C-suite. You know, we, we work on president, CEO, CFO, CTO. We, we work on those roles and, and all the way down to mid-level software engineer. So um, we're, a, we're a great resource if you want someone local. You know, we're not a national brand with uh, um, offices all over the country. We are very focused on this market. We're all born and raised in the community here, so we, we know it very well. But, yeah, check us out online and, and on LinkedIn. Awesome. And on Twitter Thanks. and on everything else. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're LinkedIn. Uh, we're very LinkedIn savvy. That's kind of our game. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Zach, for being on the podcast today. I'll make sure to get your uh, guys' stuff in the description here. Um, this will be on all platforms. Uh, so definitely uh, give it a listen. Check it out. Um, thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and see you in the next one. Thanks, Aiden.